0: Well, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, well, with the grace of God may God's peace be among you. We have got a lot of things to talk about today. We got a lot of things to go through because you know it's getting to a Christmas time. And who, who is ready for Christmas? Raise your hand. Okay, some people are. Maybe, possibly. Christmas is a hard time, though. I mean, we're almost all ready. Who has a you know, Christmas tree is up. I've, how many? I asked this. How many of you have your holiday baking done already? All right, there it is. There's no of the answers. Exactly. A lot of good things are happening, though, in the Christmas time. We love the time of Christmas. We have talked a lot about Christmas coming. And now it's true. We're in the final stretch before it. The time of Advent is almost over. We have all of our Advent candles lit of joy, hope, and love. And today we're talking about something really special. We're talking about peace. We're talking about the peace of God which passes all understanding. We talked a little bit about that last time. We talk a little bit about this, but we've got to talk about peace a little bit more. Because peace is something different. We have often noticed how the Christians celebrate peace and how the world celebrates peace. We've been on this kind of a theme of looking at these two things. But peace in the Bible is something that's very strange and something that is very hard to examine. And it only can be examined, honestly, through one, a couple of people. But, you know, I think it's time for Christmas. I think it's time... To think about that so when you think of christmas people the christmas pageantry we had a wonderful time where the kids are here doing their school christmas program there was a lovely nativity seeing a live nativity that they had and they had some important figures when it comes to christmas now when you're thinking about the christmas story and the word peace comes to mind what figures are you guys thinking of what people do you think go with christmas and peace shout it out if you have one Angels, of course. The angels are great ones. I mean, they appear to the shepherds on earth. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, peace and goodwill toward men. Not a bad. That's not a bad. One. What other things do we think about when we think about peace? You think about Jesus sleeping. End of war. End of war. Always a good one. Mary. Well, someone has heard me talk about this before. I think. <laughs> yes. But we think of Mary too. Mary, who we see in all the pictures, you know, with the blue, having the wonderful smile on her face, looking at the baby Jesus, this moment of peace on her face. Yeah, I, I, I don't know who, I don't know if those uh, painters were actually seen when a woman just gives birth after that. <laughs> Moms, you can say, does your, does your face look all peaceful and happy? Oh, look at the cute little baby. It's more like, Woo! Done! It's gone! Mary was a more remarkable woman. She was. It's kind of weird to be Lutheran and talk about Mary. Mary is very, is very venerated by the Catholic Church. It's a very wonderful thing. And to be fair, the Lutherans and Mary have a kind of interesting relationship with her. I mean, we don't pray to Mary in the Lutheran Church. We don't give her honor. We do think she is a very important figure, of course. She's very important. She is a celebrated figure, and she is the mother of God. That does come with some perks. It does. She is honored above all women, and that is true. She has been given blessing upon blessing, but we have to remember in all of this world, in all the times of Mary, Mary herself was just a teenage girl. When she, heard the sto- when she heard that she was going to give birth to Jesus, she was visited by an angel, Gabriel. Now, do you think this is a nice thing? Maybe? When you think of angels, what do you think of? Do you think of the nice, handsome-looking people? You know, the flowing blonde hair, the nice blue eyes, beautiful wings in the back, you know, nice tailored made white coats? It's nice isn't it well if you read the bible you know that angels don't look like that angels well if you want to get a depiction of an angel go and read ezekiel you've got a giant wheel in the sky completely on fire with six wings all around it and on this one there's a giant eye all around them and tiny little tiny eyes all around it and it's all spinning and fiery okay we read about the angels, every time they come in, they say, and what is the first thing? An angel comes down to tell someone good news, and what is the first thing that they say to someone? Fear not. Fear not. If they're looking like, you know, like a really good or Robert Downey Jr. angel, <laughs> I don't think that will be a fearing person. The fact that he's going here, though, and he says, fear not, yeah, when they're firing on fire and have tons of eyes, that's a pretty good thing not to say. And also, we got to talk about this. Gabriel is coming to Mary. If, you were, if you've been in my Daniel Bible study, you'll know how kind of terrifying that actually is. For those of you who, might, who haven't been, I'll give you the very clip notes versions. The last time Gabriel came down to talk to someone, it was Daniel. Same Daniel in the lion's den. And, the, and Gabriel comes down and says, Daniel. <clears throat> Sorry, I probably didn't cough. Daniel. The entire world is going, your entire people are going to be suffering and dying. There's going to be coming a guy in the coming years who's going to come down. He's going to kill 100,000 of you. You're going to take away from all your Jewish stuff. You're going to be back and forth between different kingdoms. And eventually you're going to go be put back into captivity. But don't worry, a savior will come at the end of the world and he'll come and judge the living and the dead and then everything will be hunky-dory. Okay, bye. And all I can think of Daniel is being like, wait, what? Run that by me again. When people heard about Gabriel in the Old Testament, when the people of Jewish time of Mary's time, they, this was a messenger who brought a good news, but it was frightful news. And so now Gabriel is coming down here, and he is saying, Peace be with you, a oh blessed woman. Blessed be the fruit of your womb, for you will conceive and by the Holy Spirit and bear forth your son. Another angel would come, and he would say, Your name is Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. A wonderful thing. And Mary, how does she respond? I am your servant, Lord. This little 15, 16-year-old woman, she responds with such great faith, such great peace. She goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth and Elizabeth goes and John the Baptist is in her womb and John leaps for joy when he, Mary comes and Elizabeth exclaims in a loud voice, Blessed are you among women for the, and the fruit of your womb, for my child who is in my womb. Leap for joy at your coming and blessed are you that we can see the mother of our God. And then Mary responds, Not with glorifying herself, but she says, My soul magnifies in my Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Truly all generations will call me blessed for He has done mighty things for me. To God be the glory. She gives great glory to God and this wonderful song that we even sing today, the Magnificat, a wonderful declaration of faith in God and the peace that God gives, a peace that no one knows a peace that comes knowing that God is coming to his people, a peace that passes all understanding. And Luke, who records this, has three songs, all having to do with some type of peace. First is the Magnificat in Luke 1. One, then again, is the angels sing, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Peace. It's a wonderful thing. The Prince of Peace coming into the world. God's glory and the light of the world. If you know about Jesus' journey, though. You know about Jesus. You know, peace and Jesus don't really go together. Yes, He brings peace. Yes, He is the Prince of Peace. But if you look at Jesus' ministry, it was anything but peaceful. Jesus didn't go out and do terrible things or do chaotic things, but everything seems to be happening around him. When Jesus came, the normal daily life of a person was completely changed. Peaceful for them was going through each and every day, hoping for a Messiah to come. When the Messiah came into this world, things started to happen. Crowds gathered around him, miracles began to be performed, and Jesus came and he was everything. And there's a third psalm a third song that says all this. It was right when Jesus was born, eight days later. Mary and Joseph, they take the baby Jesus, who the angels declared, who is was the Prince of Peace, who were shepherds gathered and sang his praises. They carried him to the temple in Jerusalem. And there was an the older man named Simeon. Simeon was an old man who was promised that he would see Jesus. He would see the Christ before he died. And when he saw the Baby Jesus wrapped in those clothes, his mother holding him so wonderful and tenderly, he sang a beautiful song. Now, your servant, now you let your servant depart in peace, for your word has been fulfilled. For my eyes have seen the glory of salvation of your people, Israel. And he saw the Christ, and he knew peace peace that knowing that he may now go to rest with his God having seen the promised one of old, a peace that passes all understanding. And when he had had this child, he gives him back to his mother, looking at Mary's eyes and says this, This child here is going to be the cause for many to rise and fall in Jerusalem, and a sword will pierce your heart also, and he will cause many many who are powerful to fall and many who are not powerful to rise. Thanks, Simeon. How would you feel? Moms, how would you feel? You You get this wonderful child, this blessing thing, and you just say, okay, yeah, this child is going to cause you great pain, great suffering. A sword will pierce you as well. We have to remember something very odd about Jesus. We call him the Prince of Peace. We call him the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Emmanuel God with us. We think he brings peace, but when Jesus goes and he talks to his disciples, he says, I come not to bring peace, but a sword. A sword that cuts deep to the hearts of the matter. The sword that cuts to the heart. I have not come to bring peace, but the sword. And there will be division in your family. For father will be against son, son will be against father, sister against brother, daughter against mother. And the enemies of my people will be from his own household." What in the world? Peace? That's not peace. Even Jesus says so. And this one must have been so startling. Because Mary comes. Mary, his mother, with all of Jesus' brothers and sisters. And you remember, Jesus was the oldest, and God blessed Mary. God blessed Joseph. Joseph was long gone by this time, but now that Jesus is preaching all this stuff, Mary and his family come, and they say, Jesus, what's going on? The people that are gathered around there, they go and tell Jesus, your mom and your family is out there. And they're wanting you back. They're saying, Jesus, what are you doing? You're supposed to be at home, taking care of Mom. You're the eldest among us. Dad taught you how to do all the carpentry. You're a craftsman. Do your work, provide the money, provide for our family. You're the eldest, Jesus. Come back. Jesus looks around and says, who are my brothers and sisters and mother? Looking to the crowd around them, looking to the people who are learning from him, he said, look at this. These are my mothers and my brother and my sisters. Can you imagine what Mary felt when she heard that? To follow Jesus, to know him is to have peace, but it's a different peace, and it doesn't look all the same to the world. You see, when I was growing up, it would be in Detroit, Michigan. There was a town called Dearborn, Michigan. If you know about Dearborn, Michigan, you know it's called the Little Mecca, the Mecca of America. They have a huge Muslim population. And the greater part of it is God's word was preached to them. And many did come to know Christ as their Savior. And they were brought to faith. But you know what happened to them? As soon as they knew the peace of God, they were shut away from their families. Disowned. Get away from us. You do not follow Allah. You are disowned, forever ostracized and banished from our family. To know Christ and to accept him. As their savior. It's <laughs> all right. I bite. Ah, there we go. We're doing this again, huh? That's okay. They wouldn't do this. They wouldn't gather a child in their arms. They would take him away, never to be seen again. If you were a Jewish family, they would be the same thing. They would come and they would say, You can be anything. You can be an atheist and a Jew. You could just be a Jew and a Jew. The one thing that you couldn't do. Is believe in Jesus. If you were, you would have to go away. Peace? No. There is no peace when Jesus comes. When Jesus comes, things change. The peace of the world like it was is not how it should be. It's not the peace that we think of it is where we can all be gathered around at a family table. And we all can be surrounded by the good smell of Christmas cookies and the wonderful conversations of family and friends. Is that the type of peace that Christ brings? No. Christ comes, and the peace that He gives brings division. The peace that God gives, it brings a sword. It divides people. It's scary. Then what is the peace of God? What is the peace of God that passes all understanding? only can be seen in one place and it's not the manger where the child's sleeping soundly it's not the great time when christ is preaching the good news there are small glimpses of that peace but the real peace comes when christ is on the cross when christ is on the cross he gives true peace to his people and how does he do it When Christ is on the cross, he looks at the people around him. He sees the soldiers dividing his garments among themselves. He sees the crowd jeering and laughing at him. And he looks up to heaven and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And in that moment there is peace, for the Father forgives the children of man. God forgives the sins of the ones who put his son on the cross, and there is peace. As Jesus is dying on the cross, he sees his mother Mary and his disciple John. And he looks to John and to Mary and he says to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Son to John, behold your mother. And at that very moment, John took Mary into his house and cared for her for the rest of their lives. there was peace for Christ fulfilled even the smallest thing on the cross and made his mother being taken care of fulfilled his duty as firstborn son according to Jewish law and there was peace looking then at a thief on a cross right next to him the thief said Lord remember me as you come into your kingdom and Jesus looking at him said Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And for that man there was peace, because the Lord had declared his sins forgiven and that he would join him in paradise with his Father. And looking then to the whole world, looking up to the sky in heaven, to the crowds below, to Satan, to sin, to death, Christ declared, it is finished. And so died upon the cross declaring his peace the sins forgiven the weight of sin the wages of sin death dying with him and the peace that came more is more because that peace was made perfect when the father raised his son from the dead the peace of the world lasts into eternity that anyone who looks upon the cross who looks upon our risen savior sees the peace a peace that comes before eternal life. A peace that lasts to everlasting to everlasting. And this is the peace of God that Christ gives. Not of this world gives. It's a peace that knows our sins are forgiven. That our sins have been forgiven in His body and blood. Washed away in the waters of holy baptism. That our sins are there forgiven in all places and in all times. And that we have eternal life in our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the peace that comes with Christ. This is the peace that he brings in his wings. This is the peace of Christmas. Not the slumbering babe, but the man upon the cross and the man risen from the tomb. Our peace is God's peace of forgiven sins, of life eternal. It is a peace that looks completely different than the world can give. Because even when our hearts are in turmoil, even when all the world is aflame and chaotic, there is peace because we know we have a God who forgives us, who gathers us close and declares us brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the Most High, given to eternal glory from everyone, from the littlest child to the eldest man and woman. They are all God's children, given into the peace of God. This is the peace that passes all understanding. That God forgives the sins of all. This is the peace of all understanding that our souls magnify the work of our God because He has given all things and is glorious and righteous and holy to save and that He is with us to the very end of the age. This is the peace of God in which we bring all people. That we bring all people here so that they may know God's good news. It is different than the world. And it lasts longer than a christmas time so when the smell of cookies fade when the wonderful dinner table is a little bit more silent when hopefully the new year comes and with his new troubles there is still the peace of god for he reigns he forgives our sins and promises us eternal life And so may the peace of God which passes all understanding guide your hearts and your minds to Christ Jesus our Lord forever and ever. Amen.